Three, two, What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Double Coverage. We hope you're still living, loving, and breathing sport. I am Dom with the great man Sauce, and needless to say, it has been a huge last few days, big fella. Massive, Dommer. Absolutely massive. Um, you really, you know, words cannot describe some of the news that's come out. Uh, obviously, we it hasn't gone through if anyone's been following the latest obviously we're talking about the super league that was potentially going through it was it was crazy stuff it was crazy stuff we'll dive into it a bit later Dom. but uh uh it's gonna be a good show so we're, we're ready to i'm ready to go and uh yeah you're ready let's get on with so it. am i and we start where we always start my boy and that is with the nba straight to the standings in the east philly on top still brooklyn second milwaukee third atlanta fourth Knickerbockers literally half a game or out of the fourth seed. Uh, but then Boston are a game out of the fourth seed and Miami's two games out of the, the fourth seed in seventh. So very close there. Charlotte in eighth, Indiana in ninth. Chicago's playing some good basketball and they're pushing for this playing spot. Uh, Washington 11th, Toronto 12th, Cleveland 13th, Orlando 14th and Detroit 15th. Then over to the west, the Jazz are on top. Phoenix a second, Clippers a third, Denver a fourth. Lakers still holding on to that uh, fifth seed. Portland are two and a half games behind in six. Dallas seventh, Memphis eighth. Uh, the Chef has been cooking in Golden State. Uh, they are ninth. Spurs are tenth. New Orleans eleventh. Sacramento twelfth. Oklahoma thirteenth. Minnesota fourteenth. And the Houston Rockets are dead last in fifteenth. Saucy. The biggest news out of it all, I don't know, today, if you've been seeing it, it's, it's, it's literally just like, I don't want to come on here and don't want to be the two guys each week that just go on this rant, like just ragging on Brooklyn, yeah? But it's literally just a rinse and repeat every single week. Like Kyrie Irving dropped 15 points in like the last five minutes of the game today and won them in there, I think they played against New Orleans, I'm pretty sure. And everyone's crapping on because they didn't have KD and Harden. Like, it's just funny. It's, it's literally rinse and repeat. Whether it's like last week it was KD doing this and the week before, two weeks before, it was Harden doing that. But it comes down to one thing. The other thing that's been a recurring theme also that the media hasn't reported every single week. It's either Kyrie's not there Harden's injured or KD's injured? And what do you know? KD got hurt again this week. Uh, they're saying hamstring, thigh. It was a thigh contusion, thigh injury. So he's injured again. I think legitimately he's hurt this time. So it's not good because we're coming up to playoffs in a, in a few weeks. Uh, obviously winding down the season. There's only uh, 14 games left. So... Your thoughts on a big like he's injured again. They can't if he's not there. Harden's not there. Like especially Harden, they cannot win without James Harden's team. Simple as that. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong, Dommer. You're not wrong. Uh, I got to agree with that. And Harden is the most important player in, in my opinion. Um, he's just a more of a natural facilitator than Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie's more of a, a, a scorer. Uh, I mean, he can facilitate, but he's more of a scorer. Um, and then on the flip side, obviously, KT, KD getting injured again. Um, this this is the thing that, you know, I keep... 
harping on about, which is team chemistry. Um, we've seen, you know, we've spoken about it before on this show, which is, um, you know, Doc Rivers mentioning, you know, last year the the, the Clippers in the bubble not having the, the chemistry uh, that was needed uh, because they weren't able to train together, they weren't able to play together and all those sorts of things. I mean, what's any different here? What, just because they're better players, they're just going to automatically walk onto the court and have that chemistry? It just doesn't happen. Seven, seven games played together in totality. It just doesn't happen, Doma. It just th- Do you know the number do you know the number of games that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard played together? Or the whole team played together in its entirety before it went to the bubble? Thirteen. So exact same trend. And as they say, you can't play yourself into form or play your team into chemistry in the playoffs. It's extremely hard. So you hit the nail on the head right there with the chemistry. It's it, we've been saying it. It literally has shades of the Clippers from last season all over again. All over again. Chemistry problems, injury problems. It's literally it's literally the same story. They've lost the Marcus Aldridge. Obviously, unfortunately, that's something we can touch on just briefly. He's had a fantastic career, and unfortunately, another good player like Chris Bosh, due to health problems, that their career has been cut short. Yeah, look, that's unfortunate, and um, you know, Very hopefully, all the best to Lamarcus, uh, and that you know things uh, can start looking up for him. Uh, you know, you're definitely going to look after your health first. Let's let's be honest, Doma. Um, but I just once again, I bring it back to the chemistry, and I'll just you know, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. That's all I got to say. Well, I asked James Harden to shut me up last season. You're telling Brooklyn to prove you wrong, and going to be uh, interesting how it plays out in the next next few weeks. Uh, as we know, LeBron and AD are going to come back and potentially have eight games to play together before the playoffs. LeBron and AD, as everyone keeps panicking, stop panicking. They don't need time to get chemistry, mate. They had chemistry in like the, last, the first five games that they played yeah, together. Look, that would dominate. That's the thing, Dom, so we already, we already won a championship, so the chemistry is already there. We're just going to come mate, back they in. Come they're going to fit in seamlessly. You know what this has allowed us to, to see? It's allowed us to see who's the guys that are willing to step up. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, let me tell you, one guy who's you know taken uh, his opportunity by the scruff of the neck, uh, has been had the ability, He's gone. he went off the 24 the other day. I mean, we lost, but um, you know he's showing what he can do. And look, I, I understand, I sort of get where the Lakers uh, franchise uh, did see uh, THT uh, and you know his uh, position uh, on the team. Uh, they didn't want to trade him up. So, I mean, you know, at least he's getting his opportunity. And, and he's done well. So, uh, there's yeah. been a few other guys, you know, uh, Markeith Morris has uh, been able to step up. So, um, look, it's I'm not not panic stations here whatsoever. Just get those guys back fit, ready for the playoffs. It doesn't matter where we finish, 7th, 8th. Uh, doesn't matter. I don't want to finish in 8th because I don't want to go on the play-in. But, you know, 7th or 6th um, and, you know, it, does, it doesn't really matter who we verse. Let's be It'd be honest. good if you finish six so you can play the Clippers in the first round. Oh, we'll just get it over and done with in the first round. That would be great. You have a uh, playoff potato back in action. I can't wait for that. <laughs> he's dominating yeah, at, he's the dominating moment, at the moment. He's dominating at the moment. He's a regular season master, let me tell you. Yeah, he's a beast. Regular season he master. Actually... I mean, this uh, here over in Australia when I used to play local footy. 
uh, uh, AFL. There used to be uh, the, the people that used to be called, uh, you know what I mean, uh, training, tra- what, was the, what was the saying? It was like uh, pre-season, pre-season gems or something, what? right? Oh no! Lighting up the track. Lighting up the track. Pre season masters, mate. Where they're just dominating <laughs> the preseason, and come the come the big dance, the, the actual season where it mattered, they just went missing. And they, uh, yeah. it seems to be that uh, PG has that uh, same sort of mantra to him. I mean, there are people out there on socials. There's one guy who really follows him, who I, uh, really likes him, who I follow, and he he loves throwing out all these stats. And he was comparing like PG's, you know. Uh, PG in the last X amount of thing in playoffs compared to Kobe Bryant and all this sort of stuff, and oh, I was like, oh, get out of it. Well, why hasn't why hasn't why hasn't Paul George won a championship yet? Then like, why yeah, hasn't he won a championship? Potato. Because yes, yeah, exactly he's right. The playoff potato, mate. It's about consistency. You gave him that nickname, and he's he'll live up to it, and he'll do the same thing. He'll sput it up again. Anyway, let's move on from that. Anyway, just be cautious once again. We're going to keep giving you a disclaimer on Brooklyn every single week. Be cautious. Because then when the shit hits the fan, don't say, well, you know, so-and-so was injured. and Don't make excuses for him. Because we told you so-and-so was going to be injured from day dot. Did we not say when you bring two injury-prone guys together that they're prone to get injured? <laughs> it's just common sense. I don't know. It's just... It's shortened season. It's more intense season. KD's coming off an Achilles injury and you reckon he's not going to get hurt. How dumb are you? Like, seriously, come on. Like, be realistic. Just listen to the, Just listen to us. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to, to the chef, mate. The chef is just been cooking up, mate. Now, I know we had a discussion last night, Sauce, and I know you went through and you watched the remainder of the Philly game. But did you... Actually, did you watch the remainder of the Philly up. game? Can you just give... A bit of a play-by-play on what happened and what transpired in the last uh, six seven minutes, minutes to go. Uh, <laughs> the, game the game was the, the game was you know it was up for grabs. Let's be honest, it was up for grabs. It was uh, I, I believe Golden State was only up by two, um, so it was there to be won. And I tell you what, uh, the chef came out and he absolutely cooked up a storm in that last six minutes, nailing draining six threes in six minutes. He went on fire, and they ended up winning the game by like ten or something, Dommer. And he was just unstoppable during the clutch minutes. This is what I say. This is why I always watch second half. I always like to watch fourth quarter because it doesn't matter. You know, uh, as uh, we see with uh, playoff potato, you can be as good as you want on the leader. <laughs> it matters what you do in crunch time, and crunch time is second half, fourth quarter. That's when it matters, right? And he stepped up, and. He just took over the game. It was unbelievable. I'll run it through here. Uh, his last, what, his last eight games, Dommer, right? His last eight games, 37 points, 41 points, 32 points, 38 points, 53 points, 42 points, 33 points, 47 points, 49 points, right? He shot on those games. This is, this is ridiculous. On those games, right? <laughs> now, he had, in the first game, he, he didn't do, he wasn't very good from three. He still nailed 37 points, so not too bad. First of those eight games, he was three of 12 from, from three. Then, following that, five of 10 from three, 50%. Five of 12 from three, 41%. Eight of 15 from three, 53%. 10 of 18 from three, 55%. 11 of 16 from three, 68%. <laughs> Four of 13, 30%, right? 11 of 19, 58%. And 10 of 17, 
a lazy 58%. Are you shitting me? Right? For the season... <laughs> Have you seen some of the shots he's hitting as well? For the season, he the shot chef three over is shooting like 43% on the season. So he's absolutely dominating. But it's just a matter of like... It's just the shots, you know? It's, we know what he can do, Dom. It's not... It's... I'm, I'm watching it and I'm going... This 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 Just is what I know. Ball. This is this is Steph Curry. You know what I mean? There's Just no one else ball. doing this sort of stuff. Is the is the good old fashioned give him the ball and get out of the way. As we say. Just give him the ball and get out of the way. Pretty much. If you're down, just give Pretty him the much. ball. If he's on, he's winning you the game if he's on. Pretty much. Literally the way he shoots he just doesn't miss. It's just a joke. He even skyhooked the three in one of the games. <laughs> That's how ridiculous he is. <laughs> it's just a joke. So he's done that. He's had 10 plus threes in four of his last five games. Correct. He's also got the longest 30-point streak for a 33-year-old, surpassing Jordan and Kobe Bryant. 10 Bryan. plus threes in six games this season. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I think there was a crazy stat about like having 10 plus threes in a game. I think Curry's had, I think it's something crazy like 40 or something or 30 and Dame Lillard's had three. <laughs> Look, I, I love Dame Sorry. Lillard. I love Dame yeah, Lillard. So do Dame I. Lillard no, no, is, I'm, is a great I'm, player. I'm great he, he's a great shooter. I'm just saying like but... another shooting, another guy that can shoot the ball, Dame Lillard, like you try and compare him into... Um, but he, look, I'll be honest with people. It's not. It's not. It's just not on Curry's level. Yeah, it's not a criticism. It's not a criticism on Lillard. It's not a criticism on on anyone really that can shoot the ball. It is just, as we keep saying, us endorsing the fact that this guy is the greatest shooter of all time. As simple as that. Who's coming out and jacking up (laughs) eleven threes in a game, ten threes in a game, like? It's just absurd. It's literally absurd. It is literally NBA 2K stuff. It's like they put the sliders up on him when he shoots his threes and the ball just doesn't miss. It's crazy to watch, but it's also fantastic to watch as well. And that's what brings the enjoyment to the game. Curry back to his best. That's who we want. So all I'm saying is if he gets into the plane, you don't want to be playing him. If you're Memphis, I'll give you that much. You do not want to be playing them. You potentially could get swept to nothing. Yeah, well, there, there's there's a team that you know they're doing they're doing pretty well, Memphis. When you think about it, um, you know, uh, what are they sitting there in the eighth spot at the moment? Obviously, yeah. JJJ is still out. They're sitting above five hundred. Um, uh, yeah. So, so how does it work? The plane it's eight eight through ten, correct? Then you play in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, on the on the standings here, they got a line under the from seventh to tenth. Oh, I don't, I don't know. We should check that out. We'll uh, we'll have to. Well, I back that because Miami's made in the plane. I don't want to be. Well, in the plane. why is why is on ESPN they got a they got a dotted line from the seven downwards to ten? Is that does that mean? They will be in the plane. Maybe it is. Teams seeded seven to ten in each conference will compete in a playing tournament at the end of the regular season. Fuck, Miami, do something, man! You got to get out. Well, that's what I mean. I don't want the Lakers to have to play extra games for this stupid playing. So they need to sit, sit and above. You know, we don't want to have to 
you know, LeBron and AD come back and they have to go through a, you know, a play-in just yeah. to get in the playoffs. You got that two and a half game buffer, yeah, until LeBron and AD come back. AD will come back first. LeBron. Well, AD's reported. Later, so. I did uh, hear reports. He's supposed to be back within the next week or so. So that there will help go. us a lot. Comes back. I think yeah. that will allow us to, you know, win more games than 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 lose. He's going to help us a lot. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, that Memphis team's doing real well. Um. But you know, for all the uh, Jar Morant investors out there, shall we say? Um. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say he's led the team. He's led the team to to, to their position. Um. But yeah, he he he's uh. He's turning his three point percentage is, is quietly turning into a bit of a Russell Westbrook type of player, uh, which he struggled. Which we, he struggled since, yeah. Which like, we hope that that doesn't fine. pander out that way. I mean, Dommer, he's shooting twenty seven percent. That's yeah, that's okay. He's got more self awareness though. As I keep saying, all he needs is JJJ back, and it's just Merry Christmas for for Ja Morant, mate. That's his. That's the guy, and. It's a debate for another show for people to probably have a crack at us, but it's debatable the fact that JJJ is actually the man in that team, not John Morant, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Let's get to the league leaders. We can talk about that. Steph Curry's hot form has put him in the lead for the scoring title for points. He's 31.4 points per game. He's 0.3 points in front of Bradley Bill now in second. Uh, Lillard's third. 28.7, 28.7, Luca the Don, 28.6, and Giannis is 28.5. Uh, the rebounds, Capella, four and a half, Gobert, third and a half. Big shout out to Jonas Valanciunas, who's been playing really well this year at 12.6, Ennis Cantor, 11.7, your boy Sabonis, 11.6, Westbrook, 10.9 assists, Harden, 10.9 assists, Trey Young, 9.5, Nikola Jokic, 8.8, and Chris Paul, 8.8. Blocks, doesn't really matter, nothing's changed. All right, let's move on. EPL, straight into it. Uh, results from the week. Everton v Tottenham 2-2. Newcastle versus West Ham 3-2. Big loss for West Ham. Big, big loss. Uh, Wolves defeated Sheffield 1-0. United defeated Burnley 3-1. Leeds defeat, uh, drew with Liverpool 1-1. For some reason, my results on here. Here they are. Sorry. And then, where are we? Apologies, apologies, apologies. I had the scores. Uh, Chelsea and Brighton drew this morning. Nil all. So, bit of a reprieve there for them on the table when we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Upcoming fixtures, we have on Thursday, Spurs versus Southampton, Villa versus City, Leicester versus West Brom, Arsenal versus Everton, Liverpool versus Newcastle, West Ham, Chelsea. That's the game. Lock it in this Sunday, West Ham, Chelsea, 2.30 a.m. That's the one we want to watch. Sheffield, Brighton, Wolves, Burnley. Then it's got uh, Leeds United. That's going to be good. Leeds versus United, sorry. And then Villa versus West Brom and Leicester versus Palace rounds off the last game before our next pod. And that Chelsea-West Ham game is the game. They are both equal on 55 points. Uh, Chelsea's leading them plus eight on goal difference, but that is the one to watch. Uh, West Ham need that all-important win if, well, to get to that Champions League spot. Leicester has the game in hand um, and United eight points behind City making their charge to win the title. So, not going to happen. All right, moving on. F1 source. 
as you can tell, before we get to F1, we did not mention one thing because it is coming a bit later. But F1 source this week, I know you tuned in. You got a bit excited when you tuned in because you thought what everyone thought. The great man was not going to not going to finish the race. He was going to DNF. But the great man is too too much, like very smart compared to every other. It was a very driver. good race, Domer. Very not, very like, good race. Like as much as we say he's got the car, this guy is one of the best drivers and got some of the best driving smarts of all time. Anyway, we had the Emilia Romagna GP, and that is Ferrari's home uh, Grand Prix over in Italy. Uh, crazy race it had everything man uh it was wet to start off with it, ca- it came down in sheets so they all started on intermediate except for gasly started on the on the wets didn't help him later in the race but off the get-go uh verstappen qualified third fastest he just breezed past perez and hamilton on the uh on the start literally got himself into first position clipped hamilton on the uh on the second corner broke off a bit of his uh front wing uh, and then it was just Verstappen setting the pace the whole time, and uh, eventually the the track dried up. Perez had a few issues, and from that had to go back, and he dropped down, and yeah, he struggled. But there's a few accidents in this one as well. Um, but most notable one is obviously the George Russell on Valtteri Bottas accident, which was massive. It actually red flagged the session. That's how big the accident was, and then. Just the timing of that, because literally three laps before that, Hamilton drove off, clipped the wall, broke his front front wing, and the smart guy, this is why we're saying he's extremely smart, any other person would turn their wheel and gun it, and they would have dug themselves in the gravel. Hamilton took his time, he was losing positions, put it in reverse, reversed it all the way from the wall across the gravel back onto the track, copped whatever position he was in, drove off. So he was in 10th position, 11th position, worked his way into 9th or 8th. Then the red flag happens. So what's that? what happened? He was lapped, yeah, at that stage, lapped in 9th or 8th. What happens when there's a red flag is everyone starts again unlapped. So got lucky. the luck Hamilton has, mate, he could have finished well outside the top five. <laughs> Ends up getting this bloody red flag. They restart the session and it's just level playing field. So he works himself up all the way from ninth to second. That's unbelievable. And, and in the meantime, third last lap, gets the fastest lap, gets the extra, extra point to stay on top in the world championship as well. So it was literally the hunt was on when he was in that position. And it's unbelievable to watch. I understand he's got the car, but he's driving. you still got to overtake. Well, and there was multiple times up... there, Dom, where he nearly lost control. Because obviously, Correct. you know, wet track moving uh, onto the soft tire, from the soft tires to the slick tires, because there was a, a driving line uh, coming onto the track as the, you know, they kept driving on the same spot. So it was uh, clearing up. And... When you went off that driving line, it was a test, oh, especially on the slicks, because you were going onto a wet track, yeah. right? Um, so when you overtake, you know, you got to go off and overtake on the wet and then come back onto the driving line of uh, of the track. So there was a few times there he, ne- he nearly lost it, and uh, he was uh, sort of, you know, 
pushing it, but uh, I mean, it was a great drive. It was an unbelievable drive. Uh, your boy Lando uh, on the podium, so that was good to see. Let's um, go. He didn't have the speed in the end to to hold off yeah. Hamilton, but he did. So what happened was he did he well had the in super, a few a few he, laps. It's because he had the the super softs on and or the soft, sorry, and then because of that, they degrade a lot quicker than obviously the intermediates. And because the other guys had intermediates and hards, they last longer. So he was losing speed, but he did well. He did really well. And credit to... Uh, so Hamilton passed everyone before him, uh, Ricardo, Gasly, signs. But the credit I'm going to give are to the two young drivers. And one of the hardest people, uh, like one of the best drivers out of the young crop is Charles Leclerc. Uh, just do yourself a favor and watch the seven laps before he got lapped uh passed by Hamilton. His defensive driving is by far one of the best in Formula 1. If he had a better car, he could have just held off Hamilton the whole entire time. And Hamilton wouldn't have passed him. I genuinely reckon he wouldn't have passed him. His defensive driving is incredible. He's fantastic. And then obviously, as you said, my boy Lando, big props to him. Uh, did well to hold on to his, onto the third. It's his second podium in his short career, and uh, looks like he's got the quick car down there at McLaren Source. Uh, my theory, I said it to you last night, if you're McLaren, what do you do? Do you put the money into the best car and give it to your 32-year-old driver in Daniel Ricciardo, or do you give it to the kid that's got so much potential and he's actually a gun, and he's 21 it's years old? unfortunate for our boy Danny Rick, isn't it, Dollar? Yeah. It was unfortunate, and unfortunate for him, obviously... When he was there at uh, Red Bull, he had Vettel there, who was world champion, so they're obviously going to give him the best car. He leaves. He thinks, I'm a shoe in here. They get Verstappen, who happens to be the next best thing as a prodigy, and he's a freak. So then Verstappen gets kind of favoured over Ricardo. Then Ricardo goes, you know what? I'm going to be the number one driver. Goes to Renault, drives a lemon for two seasons. He goes, fuck, all right, I'll go to McLaren. Goes to McLaren with the... like." one of the best young prospects in all of Formula One as his partner. So I think it's just a good learning curve for Lando as well, getting advice from a, a veteran in Daniel. So, But 32 is young in Formula One. You can drive to your... You've seen Kimi Raikkonen, mate. He's, he'll be driving when he's uh, 75 years old. He should be in a retirement home and he'll be going around in a Alfa Romeo. So, uh, But the, the standings were... Uh, Verstappen won the race, Hamilton second, Norris third, Leclerc fourth, Sainz fifth, Ricardo 6th, Gasly 7th, uh, uh, Stroll 8th, Ocon ninth, and Alonso in 10th. And the World Championships, as it stands, Hamilton 44 points, Verstappen 2nd on 43, Norris on 27, Leclerc on 20, Bottas on 16, Sainz on 14, Ricardo on 14, Perez on 10, Gasly on 6, and Stroll on 5. And the Constructors, Mercedes 60, Red Bull 53, McLaren 41, Ferrari 34, and then it's a major drop-off after that. Uh, Alpha Tori, 8. Aston Martin, 5. Alpine, 3. And then Alpha Romeo, Williams, and Haas, all on a big fat donut on zero. So uh, next next race is coming in a few weeks, but I'm not going to preview that till next week's podcast. But yeah, so also it was good. It's good to see. It looks like there's a bit of, I don't know, equalization, kind of. We're getting a bit of a hint of, you know, it's going to be Hamilton versus Verstappen. That's the thing. But it looks like that third to eighth is going to be another really competitive battle again. So, 
It's anyone's. It really is. Uh, and it was also, a great race, shout out. It was a great. It was great. Race. It's great. It had everything. It had everything. And a quick shout out. Joel is in the in the chats again. Uh, love it. He joins most weeks. Uh, all is well on our end, mate. All is well. Hope you are well also. All right, Sauce. I'm going to throw over to you now. Bit of UFC. AFL is going a bit going to be lost. So we'll throw over to you for the UFC. UFC, obviously, we had a uh, massive card of uh, Whitaker versus Gastelum. Um, and let me tell you, this coming week, it doesn't settle down, right? It doesn't settle down. We've just we've <laughs> two cool. cracking cards in a row. So we'll run through the results, and then I'll uh, talk a little bit about the, the Whitaker and uh, Gastelum fight. Lightweight division, you had Lewis Penner defeating Alex Munoz. In a third-round decision, women flyweight division, Tracy Cortez defeating Justin Kish in a third-round decision. In the middleweight division, you had Jakob Malikun defeating Abdul Razak Al-Hassan in a third-round decision. Then you had in the heavyweight, Andre Arlovsky defeating Chase Sherman, third-round decision. And then in the middleweight division, you had our boy, Robert Whitaker defeating Calvin Gastelum in the fifth round in a decision. Um, and I'll just have a look at the uh, the uh, that absolutely did nothing because Whitaker's the number one title contender. So that's probably just confirmed his position at the top there. Uh, hopefully he's able to get another shot at uh, Adesanya, have a rematch, oh, yeah. and hopefully this cool. time he has a bit of a different game plan because last time his game plan wasn't very good. But we will uh, have a quick chat about the Gastelum versus Whitaker fight. It was complete domination, Dom. It was it was complete domination. Uh, Whitaker, 169 total strikes to 70 total strikes of Gastelum. Uh, significant strikes of 150 to 62, so just dominated him. He had 115 strikes to the head. Gastelum, on the other end, only 42 to the head of Whitaker. Wow. You, wow. you had uh, four takedowns to one. And he was uh, in ground control for a total of four minutes compared to Gastelum's 25 seconds. So when you have a look at it like that and you go back and watch the fight, um, you know, just reading those stats, you can already see that it was a domination over the five rounds. Whitaker was just the more active fighter. And you see how this goes. Um, you know, in a five-round fight like that, obviously if there's no knockout. Uh, you need to be more active. And the, the matter of the fact is, you know, Gasoline threw strikes. He threw a total of 218 strikes, but he only landed 70. So that, that hit rate is uh, pretty bad. Uh, you know, it's below 50%, which is not what you want to do. It's probably around the, the 35%. On the flip side, you had Whitaker throwing a total of 13, uh, 313 strikes and, uh, you know, hitting on 169. So that's, that's up over 50% of his strikes landed. And so when you're doing that and you go in the five rounds, um, it just shows that you're a more active fighter who was able to get four takedowns on Gastelum. So it was just across the board, the judges, you know, seeing who was the winner. There was no doubt at the end of the day that Whitaker was uh, was the winner. And uh, he was confident. I watched an interview going in. Uh, he was very, very confident um, uh, that he was going to get the win. And that's what I like to see. He went in there and executed his game plan and... Um, you know, he dominated Gastelum, who, you know, Gastelum's been able to 
have some battles in the past. He's fought some very good fighters, so he's no he's no slouch. Um, but uh, Whitaker, as the uh, number one title contender, confirmed his spot, and uh, yeah, not much more I can say. Now, this is where it gets good. <laughs> okay, UFC two six one this weekend. If you're if you're listening, unfortunately. You won't be able to see this, but Saucy gets his cheeky little grin when he's excited about something coming up. And here, and it's just... going to be a great. It's actually a very, very good card. So here we go. We got the. We're going to run through the main card. You got the prelims. You got the early prelims. It's it's jam packed. The uh, preliminary card starts from ten a.m. Sunday, uh, uh, Australian time, uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Um, find that in your local guides. But the the main card kicks off from 12 p.m. We'll run through the main card. You've got the light heavyweight division. You've got Anthony Smith. This is a this is a massive, massive uh, uh, bout for Anthony Smith, who has been pretty poor. Uh, he's uh, lost his... He won his last fight, but before that, he lost two in a row. Then he's come back and got a win yeah, the, with a first-round submission. So good comeback by Anthony Smith. But the thing is, Doma, he's coming up against our boy, Jimmy Crew, the Australian, who's only lost one professional MMA bout. He's 12-1. and one. So he's coming up against the up-and-comer. So we want to see our boy Jimmy Crew like uh, get the chocolates. Hopefully he, he can get the W over Anthony Smith. So that's the first one on the on the main card to kick us off. Then you've got the middleweight division. You've got Ura Hall against Chris Weidman. And Chris Wyman coming back off a long layoff yeah. last time. He got the he got the win. He's a former champion, so he's no slouch. This is a good bite, uh, good, good fight, uh, fight as well. Then the women flyweight, you got uh, two, uh, I believe two title bouts. Uh, yeah, it is right. I think it you is. got the Valentina Shevchenko in the women flyweight. Uh, you got against Jessica Andrade, and then the women strawweight, you got Wheelie. Zhang against Rose, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that second name, against Rose, and Zhang is, <laughs> she's a monster, right? We've seen her fight previously, um, so I expect her to get the win, but it'll be a good test for her to, defending the the, uh, the title. So, two very, very strong women fights leading up to the main event. He's so excited. I'm cheating for this. Here we go. This is... You know, we know what happened last time. So, yeah. you know, obviously the contender is talking different. Um, but we'll see if anything goes differently. I'd, in my personal opinion, I don't think anything will be different. But we've got Kamara Usman. No more snoozman. No more snoozman. I'm not calling him snoozman. I can't. <laughs> not after his last fight. His last fight, he just dominated. It was unbelievable. It was completely different to what... I, I, look, i got a feeling, you know, these fighters, they hear... They hear. They, they 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 know that people think he's a boring fighter. He knows Usman, right? And he, he heard the chatter. So you know what he thought? He's like, you know what? I know I could ground and pound this guy. I can put him up against the fence. I can beat him the way I beat everyone else. But I want to show people that there's something else to my game. And he, he did that in the last fight, and he just dominated. So, right? so he's Kamara Usman against Jorge Masvidal. The second fight. First fight, we've seen Usman absolutely dominated Masvidal. It was much similar. You know, obviously Masvidal, well known for his striking ability. Usman nullified that uh, by, you know, being able to get him up against the fence, get him in the clinch, uh, get him on the ground, ground and pound, wear him out. And, uh, 
you know, Masvidal just wasn't a match for him. Uh, will it be different this time? I don't think so because although as good as a uh, striker Masvidal is, his ground game just isn't there. It's just not to the same level yeah. as Usman. So Usman's... Got, and I'm going to say Usman's striking game is probably as good as Masvidal because we sh- we've seen in the last fight that he was able to stand up. He can take a punch. He's not... He doesn't got a light punch. chin. He caught punches in his last fight. He copped him right he on the head. He, he copped some massive. He copped some massive punches, and he didn't. He didn't flinch. He kept walking forward. So the guy's got a. The guy's got an iron chin. Uh, so I think this is a tough, tough fight for Masvidal. Now Masvidal is obviously up for it. He's got. He's usually. Uh, he's got his chatter on. But we'll see when when uh, the the bell rings and they're in the middle of the octagon whether he has a game plan to get around Usman because we know Usman what he can do. So Masvidal has to do something different because uh, he can't allow what happened in the last bout to happen again because he'll lose. He'll lose. Now, does Usman want to see this probably uh, fighting, you know, standing up? I don't really know. I don't really know what Usman's prerogative is and what he wants to do. But we know he's got both in the arsenal. Whereas on the he's other... A complete fighter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. On the other spectrum, Masvidal, well, he's never really shown that he's got the ground game. He's, we know he's got the striking. So the, mat, the match is, if it goes to the ground, can Masvidal find his way out of it? Can Masvidal not take as much punishment as he did in the previous fight to then get it back to the standing where he has a chance, right? Yeah. So I'm going with the champ. As I said, um, you know, I'm going <coughs> to stick with the champ. I think Usman... Excuse me, is too good. Um, you know, is uh, what's this? I'm going back here. In uh, 12th of July 2020, he already he beat uh, Masvidal last year uh, in a fifth round decision where it was just a complete domination. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm just going back to see how many wins in a row Usman's had. Got to go all the way back to 2015. He's pretty much won every fight. 2015, he won two machine, fights. Man. 2016, he won two fights. 2017, he won two fights. That's already six wins. 2018, he won three fights. That's nine wins. 2019, he won. He won two fights. That's 11 wins. 2020, he won one fight. That's 12 wins. He's on a 12 win streak. 12 win streak. And he's already fought as well this year. Yeah, yeah. He's on... 2020 and, and 2000. Oh, there we go. And he's already fought this year. So that's he's on an 11 win streak. A uh, 13 win streak. And I believe he's defended his title. On this will be. Ninth title defense? That's unbelievable. I man. believe. That is incredible. So, I mean, I, I keep saying it, and, and, you know, I'm still looking out there. I, I want to get one of his early cards because I think, you know, you get to that 10 title defense. GSP had 11, and he's considered like a goat of the sport. Right? This guy goes to 10, 11. He potentially passes GSP in that middleweight. GSP was a middleweight. Goat talks. Goat talks, man. Like, I don't know. It's what I'm thinking. This is what I'm sitting here as a potential, you know, sports card investor, sports card uh, enthusiast. I'll be buying an Usman rookie card. Uh, That's just what I'm thinking. Like, That's a good call. Good shout, bro. That's a good shout. So. That's unbelievable stats. So, yeah, massive card. and Huge, huge fight. It's going to be good. Uh, This Sunday is going to be jam-packed. Obviously got Anzac Day. Uh, Essendon and Collingwood have their grand final this week. And then we'll have the... uh, 
Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, let's be honest. Both those teams are doing trash this season, so it's pretty much. It's the just good for the meaning of the day. Like at least we've got some footy on the day, you know. Pay respects to the fallen heroes. It's Correct. like our remembrance, Correct. remembrance day, and for those uh, overseas that listen in. But we have a game, uh, in a memoriam for that, and that was usually just Essendon Collingwood used to play on that day, but it's since changed, it's three games now. But let's from that, it's a good transition source. We'll get straight into the AFL, and I'll tell you what, we want, we're not going to be spending thirty minutes on the AFL this week because the games were horrendous. Uh, Richmond smashed St Kilda 134 to 48. Not even going to bother talking about it. West Coast defeated Collingwood. That's what we expect from St Kilda, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant one week and uh, yeah, terrible the, week the next. Before they beat West Coast, uh, West Coast then defeated Collingwood 103 to 76, and we had mobile phone gate in this game. <laughs> the stupidity of the players is just sometimes beyond me. It just what is running through your head. If you don't know what's happening overseas, if you're listening in or watching, obviously it's probably the same for uh, the NFL, I'm, I'm pretty sure, or the, in the NBA, but you obviously can't touch your phone or grab your personal phone or any sort of device during a game if you are a player because obviously you can bet on games. Yeah, it's all got to do with betting and you know, yeah, yeah, manipulation right? you can read games and jazz. stuff like that. Anyway... They're two, two guys, Jeremy Howe, Jordan Degoe, both injured in the rooms, exchanging phones, just absolute clowns, like just stupidity, pure stupidity. Uh, so I think they I got mean, the massive guys, you, you do know there's a freaking camera in the room, yeah? Like go into the shower section and go on your phone, like. Oh, you, you, you would have you would have thought they were a, an AFL player. It's like they've never played in an opposition room before or been in the opposition room before. Like, it's just, it's poor. Very poor. Anyway, moving on. Western Bulldogs smash Gold Coast 118-56. The best game was GWS versus Sydney. Uh, GWS got the win, 71-69. to The Badwa flashes of brilliance, mate. He kicked five in this. I think his total's down to 55 to 1,000. I don't know, maybe even less. 40, 48 to 1,000. That's what we like to see. But he's injured for a month. So, oh, what's happened to him, Dommer? Bone bruising, apparently, to the big Budwato. Oh, no. Devastating. Devastating news. So, you know, he kicked a couple extra, but he's going to miss uh, about four games. Then, from there, Port Adelaide beat Carlton 96-68. Terrible. Brisbane smash Essendon 102-45. Terrible. Freo Adelaide was probably one of the games of the round. You know, it was 84-72. to Freo got the chocolates away at Adelaide Oval. Uh Fife stepped up, dominated, Brachel dominated. Mundy, the old fella, Mundy, put on a clinic, mate. He was very, very good. Uh, the D's just rolling along nicely. Five straight, smash the Hawks. Uh, the under, under whatever the hell it was. Under 10 and a half wins at the start of the season. Well, we can can that, Dom. There's, they, they are guaranteed to make over 10 and a half wins, which is, yeah, yeah look, I don't know. I don't know where, they, where this has come from, but... In Brown back this week. All I'm going to say is, Doma, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. So let's see. I'm going to put it on to the Melbourne Demons that it's all great you've started 5-0, and but uh, we need to see this the... form at the end of the season when it matters. That's true. They've got the Tigs as well this week. Uh, then the last game to round off uh, round five was Geelong versus North Melbourne, and... I did do my tips following the show, and I did not do a shifty 
and tipped along. I went with what I tipped on the show. It was stupid, but I tipped north, and they didn't win. They only lost by five goals, 30 points. But the scoring shots were, I think, eight to like 20-something. <laughs> we probably could have lost by 100 points again. We got very lucky. Uh, all right, let's move on to round six. Get your tips as we go through GWS versus the Dogs. I'm going with the, it's in Canberra. Going with the dogs. It's in Canberra. I am also going doggies. Uh, Geelong West Coast. This is going to be a great in game. Geelong. This is going to be a great game, but I'm going to go with Geelong just because it's down at uh, in Geelong. I'm going uh, West Coast because Geelong's terrible. Uh, Gold Coast versus Sydney. <laughs> Metricon. Uh, this is going to be a great game, Dommer. Obviously, Bud Way out. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, Sydney want to bounce back after a tough loss last week. I'm going to go with Sydney. I've gone Sydney as well. Carlton Brisbane at Marvel. I don't. I don't really know. You know, I don't know what to make of of Brisbane's performance against uh, us, uh, the Dons. You know, we're we're trash. We're an inconsistent side. So, you know, I wouldn't read too much into it. Carlton just seemed to be like the same old Carlton, really. Um, So I'm going to have to go with Brisbane. I don't know. I don't really know. I reckon that's a... I'm gone. That's a toss-up. That's a toss-up. I'm going the Blues. Uh, Next, we've got Melbourne versus Richmond. I'm going to go with the Tigers. I'm also going the Tigers. Freo versus North. Now, funny enough about this game, everyone said this was the game... North Melbourne could win. Uh, based on what I'm seeing, mate, uh, I don't think so. I don't think North can win a game. It's either going to be Essendon or Hawthorne. They're the only chance. The only chance. Maybe even Collingwood because they're putrid. But Dockers, North at Optus Stadium. I know Frio. where I'm going. I'm also going for it. Hawthorne, Adelaide. In Tassie. This is going to be a tough game. Uh, Hawthorne have a very, very, very good record in Tasmania. Very yeah. good record. I'm going to go with the Hawks. Hawks? I'm going uh, Radelaide, mate. All the way. Uh, Collingwood Essendon. Anzac Day blockbuster. I'm just... Look, I don't think I've tipped my team once this year, so I'm going to tip them Anzac Day. Uh, let's. This is This is the grand final for these two teams. The grand final, essentially, you know, both these teams are not making the eight. Uh, so this is the grand this final. Is, yeah. This next, is the next, grand final. Next to, next to the AFL grand final, this is the biggest game on the calendar. This game, as a regular season game. Obviously, taking out prelims. But uh, I'm tipping your boys too. I'm going to tip the Bombers. I reckon they're going to come out firing. We've seen what they can do when they play some good footy. Uh, shout out to your boy, Cal Uka. Been playing some good, uh, good football up forward. He's if it's Loves not for goal, kicking goals, not, not yeah. If he's not kicking goals, no one is at that club. So pretty much, <laughs> very lucky. Pretty much. Uh, and, and then the last game is probably going to be based on what we saw last week. Going into this week, they're going to get absolutely smashed. Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. Yeah, I'm going to go with Port. It's obviously in Adelaide, but you know, this is like be a who lot knows who knows what St Kilda, which St Kilda is going to rock up. You know. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, and then we'll head over to the ladder. We'll get that sorted, and then we'll move on to the next segment. Dogs are on top. D's are second, both undefeated. Swans are in third. Port in fourth. Richmond fifth. 
West Coast six, Adelaide seventh, Geelong eighth, Freo ninth, Brisbane tenth, Carlton eleventh, JWS twelfth, St Kilda thirteenth, the Bombers are fourteenth, Suns are fifteenth, Collingwood are sixteenth, Hawthorne seventeenth, and my boys down below on forty five point four percent. They've copped 568 points so far this season, uh, North Melbourne. So, yeah, not looking good for us. We're $501 to win the flag, so also maybe chuck a dollar on them and uh, hope for the best. Gamble responsibly. All right, let's move on. Uh, Lamont of the week, sauce. Well, if you didn't know who we're going to give it to this week, You've been living under a rock. Our, our listeners, uh, just quickly, we'll just answer some questions here. Uh, Joel, yep, got you a message today about HGA, mate. Very nice. Good that he's going to be sending in some uh, cards. Very, very good. Whitaker did look good. Uh, there is no way that isn't drilled into them as well. Uh, who are we talking about there, Joel? If you want to just let me know and I can answer that for you. All right. Well, more of the week. I'm going to set the scene as we do every week. We woke up on Monday morning, Source. Some of the greatest news. Well, the 12 idiots thought it was the greatest news. Well, that the Super League was coming. Now, couldn't they wait till tomorrow till we got disbanded? <laughs> but... It's since been disbanded because, well, not disbanded. It's still, it's still around. It's not gone yet. It's just the English clubs clubs are pulled out. Well, uh, that's the way they framed it, Dommer. But if you read between yeah, the lines, it's done. Uh, so the twelve biggest clubs, uh, well, I'm gonna yeah, twelve biggest clubs. Six from England: Chelsea, Tottenham, uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United, Man City. Three from Spain: Atletico. Real Madrid, Barcelona, three from Italy, Inter, and AC Milan, and then, of course, Juventus. So it was a coup of sorts because all these owners and whatnot and chairman of these clubs are all seated somewhere on the UEFA board. So the UEFA board, if you didn't know what that is, the governing body for Europe. So everyone plays under UEFA in terms of like European competition, UEFA. So the Super League is a standalone league it was going to be, uh, where these 12 clubs, it was then eventually going to get to 15, never got relegated. So they got all the money. These 15 clubs will get all the money. And then to get the 16th through to 20th team, it will be a promotion relegation. Adam Smith in the comments, he knows what's coming. He does know what's coming, of course. But literally, it was... As people have said, this game was created by the poor and was stolen by the rich. And it was literally just them lining their pockets. I've seen some people put some stuff out there about, oh, this is great for the league. This is great for the competition. It makes it more exciting. I want to see the stats where these 16 to 24-year-old kids are not interested anymore. Last time I checked, that's the demographic of all the kids playing FIFA and actually they go and watch, they actually watch the games. But I just want to see that demographic where they're losing interest and, you know, they're saying, you know, we've got to recoup costs and, like, losses from COVID. And I think to myself, you're going to also be able to recoup the losses that families have had during COVID, businesses have had during COVID. 
What about all the other soccer clubs that are playing in your domestic leagues and second-tier teams and even your first-division leagues like the EPL or La Liga? No, they didn't think about that. Or was it just a ploy for each team that got selected getting a one-off fee of $5.5 billion Australian each? And then on top of that, when it comes to broadcasting rights and all the money that comes with it and sales, that will then be you know, added on top each season. But then you go look and you go further in because the good thing is all the pundits were against these guys. And the problem is when you've got the pundits against, against you, the pundits do their research. And unfortunately, sometimes these billionaire owners and these chairmen of the clubs think they're untouchable, yeah? And they think that things that are public knowledge are not public knowledge. Then things start coming out like, Madrid's got, well, this is public knowledge, but Madrid's 900 million euros in debt. Barcelona's a billion euros in debt. And then you start going, well, they're going to get three and a half billion euros as a fee. So is it more a ploy to just get them out of debt so they can just reap all the rewards and literally take over soccer? That's probably what I'm thinking. And also recoup the losses for the billionaires that they've invested in something that's losing them money. That's the way you got to look at it. You've got to look with a business mentality. This is how they do it. They think they're untouchable. I did say to Source during the week that we won't be able to do anything because billionaires usually get what they want. It'd be I thought it was going to get very, very messy. Very, very messy. But it didn't because, as we've always said, you out there, a listener, whether it's in the card hobby, we've said it a million times here in the card hobby, that you've got the power whether you're supporting your, your local club, you're supporting your professional club, the fans have all the power. The backlash that the clubs caught from this was unbelievable. I was, I was ashamed to say that I go for Manchester United based on the stuff. But on the other end, there's a small, th- deep, well, not small, it's actually a large part of me, very large part of me, because I've mentioned it earlier on. I reckon I mentioned it in like podcast 10 source about 32 podcasts ago. But there was a large part of me that was actually glad that my club was getting smashed because there's two, well, there's a multitude of people within our football club, which I cannot stand and have not been able to stand since I was in my teenage years going into, into my 20s now. And that was our owners. I cannot stand the Glazers. Biggest bunch of clowns, lemons, cannot stand them. Cannot stand Ed Woodward, our chairman of the board of the club. Clown, lemon. It's two people, could not stand. And they've got away with murder, mate, in the in this sport. Murder for 10 plus years. And I'm just glad that they got absolutely came. Now, the respect is what they're going to have to get back source. The respect I don't know how they're going to do that. I honestly don't know. Yeah, because I'm going to read you some quotes, mate. All right? Jurgen Klopp, first of all... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Ed Woodward, first of all, said, it's a new chapter in football, ensuring world-class facilities and a competition for all, and increased financial support for the wider football pyramid. Give me a spell. All right. I can see through your little business plan. We get all the money... We try and destroy the domestic leagues. We start our own leagues underneath the Super League. Then you essentially become the UEFA of 
your Super League thing, whatever it's called. So you, you have become your the governing League, body. You create your own governing you, you body. You become a governing body. We already see how you're doing. This is how dumb you are. We can see straight through it. Then you got Florentino Perez from Real Madrid, who is probably one of the biggest flogheads going around. He wants to find a financial solution to help the, the clubs in Europe when he's 900 million euros and Barca's a, a billion in debt, as I said. You're helping yourselves. You don't give a shit about the other clubs in La Liga. Like, who are we kidding, mate? Like, give me a spell. And the last one, Andrea Agnelli from Juventus. The biggest snake of them all, mate. He's the man that instigated all of this, mate. And the fact that all, we, all these bloody clowns decided we're going to go with this moron and create this thing is the most laughable thing of them all. Since today, where these six clubs are pulled out, Ed Woodward, I told you, I'm a happy man as well it's, it, it, in such source. Ed Woodward, not our chairman of the board at the club anymore. He's gone. He's resigned. I'll tell you what, you can't be the chairman of Manchester United, leave, threaten to leave the EPL and say, I'm going to be vice vice chairman of the Super League. That's what he was going to be. Why, he thinks he's going to come back into the EPL and be able to be in control of our club? Clown, gone. Thanks for coming. Agnelli from Juventus, clown, gone as well. Two down, 10 more to go. It'd be great. This is fantastic. But it does lie, as I said, the biggest issue with it all now is where are the clubs going to get respect, not only from the fan source, but where are they going to get the respect back from the management, the employees and personnel, but most of all, source, where are they going to get the respect from the players back? Yeah, there's a lot of reports players that weren't are, happy about this, Dommer. Reports are no one besides the owners and the chairmen, like the big wigs at the clubs, no one knew but them. And contracts were signed, apparently, without anyone else knowing. So everyone got roped into something that the owners essentially wanted to line their pockets. That is where... Dollar. It's all about that dollar. That is dollar. Where... about those three things, ladies and gents, before I hand it over to Source for probably... You know what... It's pretty early to call it, but let's be honest. When we do the finalists at the end of the year, these guys are going to get Le Mans of the year. But just remember, your employees and your players had no idea, and then you disrespected. You disrespected. All right? Don't, they might think the players are the most important part of their football club. You disrespected the most important thing, the foundation of your football club. Your supporters, mate. That's who you disrespected. That's who pays their season tickets. That's who buys your merchandise. That's who gives you all the money, mate. That's who you disrespected. So I wish you all the best. One of them happens to be my team. Unfortunately, suck shit, United. Sorry, suck shit. That's coming from United support. Now, Source, on the other hand, was probably happy because Arsenal's been irrelevant for 10 years and they got some money, so they probably would have been able to buy someone. So <laughs> he couldn't have given a shit. <laughs> oh, look. I'm going to say that to you all week. Yeah, look, Doma. It was just it an unfortunate and then- situation. Like, I, I don't know why they went down that road. It was, you know, blindsiding not only the players but the fans like that. That's why this week they uh, get the well and truly deserved 
Lemon! Twelve idiots have to go. Three of them especially have to go. And two of them are now gone. Yeah. Yeah. So and like look, Doma, some of the statements that was coming out was pretty, oh. pretty crazy stuff. You know, saying, oh. you know, obviously UEFA and uh, threatened and FIFA threatened to, to ban those players if they join the Super League. And, and if they ban those players, they wouldn't be able to play in the Euros coming up and the World Cup coming up. And then you've got Agnelli turning around and saying, we'll just create our own World Cup. So essentially get rid of the other old World Cup and let's just start from uh, Super World Cup number one would have been the first edition of the Super World Cup, essentially. Uh, that's, uh, that's just the name I came up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Crazy stuff. Like, imagine that happened, Dommer. Like, imagine that happened. Now... Whether this is, we're going to have a chat about this uh, in our Crunch Time pod, which will be coming yeah. out uh, later this week. Uh, Saturday, generally, it comes out. So we'll, we'll dive into a bit more, but... More in depth. More in depth with the other lads, uh, Luke and Anthony. So, um, look, it was crazy. It, it's been a crazy for 24 hours, 48 hours. Crazy. Um, but well and truly deserved lemon of the week. And shout out to... Uh... A few people, while we were covering this, obviously in our stories and trying to do as much as we could, uh, to some of the big guns, mate, here down in Australia that cover sport and are very knowledgeable about soccer, yeah? So, obviously, Mast, Anthony Collects, uh, Azuro Cards, Splash Culture, uh, TSA Dot Australia, which is a.k.a. Sleeven. 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 He's got his first shout-out on the pod as well, old Sleeven Steven. The number uh, one sleever in the game, mate. That's it. That is it. But all of them, fantastic reporting on events and fantastic content that they put out as well. And also a big shout-out to the GOAT that's been leading the charge, mate, Gary Neville as well, mate. you got to give yeah, him look, a shout-out. Yeah, look, Gary out. Neville was, was tops. He was massive. tops. I listened to his uh, the Gary Neville podcast he was on. And he, he just went to town. He went to town, um, you know, and as a former player, he said, I'm, I'm ashamed of my football club. And you can't really speak much more words than that, than to say you are ashamed of the football club that you used to play for, for the way that they've handled business. Captain as well. Former captain, mate. That, that, that is massive. Massive. Even, mate, when Ferguson's not happy about it, you just shut it down. He also said that it was, it was wrong. Just listen to the the great man, the goat. All right, let's get into hobby talk. Let's get into hobby talk, Sauce. And first up, as we always do, we're going to get the mini home overlay on. And blockchain boys, thanks to Joel. He, I'm pretty sure it was you, Joel. Oh, mate, up, you know Dommer. what I've typed in? I'm on, I'm on the ball this week, Dommer. Mate, you know, you know what I've done here, Sauce? I've gone to type it in so I can read off some stuff. And I've ch- typed in blockchain boys. In Google instead of other premium blockchains. All right, we've got it up. Uh, it's it's up on the screen. We're gonna roll through. I'll tell you it's what. The first one off the off the bat. Yeah, uh, uh, this is very very interesting. That seems like that is a immaculate one of one. Honus Wagner. Check. Check. Enclosed. Signature. That's crazy. That is that is an awesome card. That is unreal. I'm trying to see what it's for. Is it a hundred dollars? Looks like it's a hundred dollar check 
It's got Honus Wagner's signature on it, and they've that's cut sick. the check and, in, and uh, encapsulated the check within the card. That's that's, that's nuts. Sick. I've never seen anything like it. Um, then we got one of one Josh Allen, uh, patch auto Bradley Bill one of one patch auto, which is a sticker, mind you. That's a sticker, which is a bit disappointing, yeah. but yeah, good good spot there, Doma. And we got the uh, Fernando Tatis. Obviously, we've seen uh, the the hysteria around this bloke uh, in the baseball world. Uh, he did get injured, I believe. So, but he will be back soon. Uh, one of one patch auto. All of these are all one of one. So I'm going to stop saying that. Then uh, you got uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, rookie patch auto, immaculate. Devin Booker patch, Nike patch, uh, immaculate patch. Then you got Obi Toppin. Uh, RPA uh, with uh, the Nike tick. It's nice. KG, this is a nice one. This is my favorite this card. Is a great card. You got the tag. It seems like it's it's from the tag from the jersey or the shorts. Who knows? Um, Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Get the Kevin's mix, mixed up. And you got Cole Anthony, one of one RPA. And then Ben Rothersberger. Um, it's another sticker auto on there. So, I mean, if you're buying a one-on-one, Doma, I'd hope that they could somehow get the freaking one card. They only got to sign one, Doma. I know. To them. That's a bit dis- no, That's no. a bit disappointing. That, that, that's the first stickers yeah. we've seen on if we, if we've got, If there's anyone in the, that's watching that wants to put a question in the comments, you are more than welcome to, and we will answer it. Well, fuck. There you go. You ask and you shall receive. Thanks, Adam. We'll definitely get to that comment, uh, that question, because there has been not only a lull in the basketball card market, but there's been a lull in the hobby. But we picked up a few things. Obviously, uh, Revolution Card Grading Source, RCG, um, new grading company on the block. Yep. Um, interesting design, interesting slab, uh, interesting concept behind it. Uh, the full slab is coloured. I think there's two options, I'm pretty sure. I think you can get uh, a clear slab and then a colored slab. Their, their website isn't uh, fully uh, official at this current point in time, uh, but they will be launching soon, I believe. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's the case. If not, don't stress, Double Coverage family. They have been kind enough to come onto the podcast next weekend. So we are going to interview a representative from Revolution Card Grading. And we really appreciate him com- coming on, as HGA did in the past. Fantastic. We probably might reach out to CSG as well, Source, and try and get someone on there just to talk about how they're going. Uh, but it's good. They're coming on. Uh, their website is launching on April 26th. Uh, and just a few things. Uh, bulk submissions feature is there. I'm going to ask them about how they're going to manage that. Obviously, Source and I want to know. Uh, registry for verification as well. Uh, there's going to be pre-launch spots available. Uh, only accepting cards with standard size and thickness at this time. As well, the card prices are 55. This is all in USD. 55 USD for a 10-day turnaround. 45 USD for 20-day turnaround. And 35 USD for a 30-day turnaround, which is quite similar to the pricing of HGA, I'm pretty sure. So they're quite similar. Not the same, uh, a bit similar. 
try to be one of the first to pull a low pop label. So the refractor is one of 25 and a prism is one of 50. So it looks like they're actually these slabs are rare. It's not going to be stock standard. So, so that's an interesting concept. Yeah. You go slab and there'd probably be a box to tick and say, like, if you're keen on getting one of these low pop labels, would you be interested? Cause some people might not actually want that. And if, if you tick yes, you go in the draw to potentially win uh, a refractor one one number to twenty five or a prism number to fifty. Pretty good promo. Slab. Pretty good pretty promo. Sick. I like pretty it. good promo. Um, but yeah, we will be having them on the show. If anyone has any questions, we'll put a little thing out uh, leading up to the show where if uh, you want to ask a question to this new grading company, I mean, shoot us, hit us in the DMs. Uh, we'll put something up on our story during the week. So let me know. And we will. And we will say to the grading company who you are that asks us the question. Uh, giving you a bit of airtime as well because your questions are as valuable to us as anything in the hobby. As we say, it is for you and it's Correct. a platform for you to ask your questions and get your questions answered. So we've got a few other things which we'll mention at the end of this segment, hopefully that are going ahead this week, which will be quite good as well for us. Uh, anything else you've got to say on them, Source? No, we're, 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 we're just wait and see, just wait and, see. and you know, uh, there's a few people out there, obviously, you always get the people that are detracting from the slab and all that sort of stuff, and there's going to be people that love it and yeah. hate it, but, you know, I'm not going to judge a uh, book by its cover, I want to know more, and that's why we're going to get them on the show, to have a chat about it. Done. All right, next up, <laughs> is... <laughs> I'm very excited, Sauce to actually talk about this because I got not abused, but it was just funny. The same thing that happened to you and I when we're selling Pokemon product and then what happened to it, it skyrocketed has happened to myself, the Dragon Ball super uh, product, which is extremely funny. Uh, I posted in something I wanted to sell. Uh, I just went based on comps. Yeah. So I put the total price for shipping included. Uh, went on comps. I actually, when I listed the, the product, uh, I put the last comps as one of the images as well as one of the last comps just for the promo card, what it was going for raw, which was 40 USD just for the one card as a comp. Now I'm selling a DBS starter deck, which has got that one promo card that's gone for 40 USD. Plus, it comes with six other hollows, the full deck, all sealed. Not touched, not opened. Yeah? What I was selling for was yeah, pretty reasonable based on what I've seen on eBay. Makes sense. Anyway, someone comments, oh, why would I buy those? You can just go here and get it for $15. Oh, that's fine. Go and get them for $15. Well, I mean, oh, seriously, go get them for $15. But when they run out, they're not going to be worth $15. Then that card's going to be sought after. And people are going to start selling the starter deck for 100 USD. It's going to happen. I've seen people already selling... I saw someone listing the exact same starter deck source for 150 USD. Because probably in America, that's it. It's gone. You probably can't get it anymore in America. There's probably finite stock here in Australia. Over in America, by the way, all of these 
starter decks are selling for between 65 to 75 USD a pop. Yeah. They're obviously on short supply over there or it's all been bought out. So they're trading it amongst each other and the value of it's going up. Now, unfortunately, sometimes people in the Australian market don't look at the American market and look at the value and see how it's changing. How we should look at it is, oh, it's an arbitrage opportunity. Because I'm selling it for what I'm selling it. But when the person that commented that in there and the other 2,000 people in the group see it and one person will say, I'll DM the company that's selling them. How many do you have? I've only got 25 left. I'll buy all 25. Then there's no more stock on there. Well, there's no more for $15, Dommer. And I highly doubt you're going to find it anywhere else for $15. Yeah, it's only going to go up because it's all secondary market product. And Dragon Ball Super is starting to explode, yeah. And it was really good that we interviewed Sammy D, all the rookies, is his Instagram, because he gave a good insight into it. And I looked, I looked into it post that um, interview and started joining groups and all this stuff. And the cards are exploding, mate. Starting to get very popular. And Sammy mentioned Dragon Ball Heroes cards. And I'm seeing a lot of those now. And those prices are going up. I'm just saying, everyone out there, you're doing me a favor not buying my product now. And and I'm not one of those people, yeah. I'm selling it just what it's what it's selling for, yeah. But when it gets up to 100 USD for a starter deck, I won't sell it to you for 120 Australian. I'm not a prick. I bought them at 15, yeah. I'll sell them for, I'll sell them for 80, 75. I've made my profit. But what I'm saying is, there's going to be one person in that group that sees it. They're going to buy every single one that is left. And then no one in Australia can get that starter deck at $15 anymore. So where do you have to go? People like me or everyone else that are selling it at the secondary price, as we've seen in Wearsource, Pokemon, and basketball, football. We've seen the same pattern. It's the same we're just, we're just, just we, we are just observers to different card markets. And, you know, our attention was drawn to the Dragon Ball market because of uh, our interview with all the rookies, a.k.a. Sammy D. And we started to do a bit of research, you know. Uh, obviously, uh, research is key, as we like to say. And we, you know, went in and had a look. And based off things that we'd spoken about, and we understood, you know, the, the more popular characters and all those sorts of things. And if you're a fan of the anime, you know who are the popular characters anyway. So... Cards are sick, too. Yeah, you, you get that sense. Now, um, it's funny that we keep seeing this same pattern, Right? The same pattern, which people are like, it's not worth that much, it's not worth that much. Well, it's not that worth that much. Well, it is worth that much because someone's paying for that price. Not only on eBay, because there's, you know, he wants to say that, that oh, you buy it from here for $15. But on eBay, people are buying it for $40, Dom. And there's confirmed yeah. sales at $40 100%. Australian. Now, in America, that same, as you've said, is 50 to 70 USD for that same starter deck. So people are paying, you know, even more in America. They're paying around 65 to 95 Australian. For the same deck. In, in America. Right? So this same thing, as Dom has said, happened in happened Pokemon. It happened in basketball. Now in basketball, so got... everyone accepts it. In football, <laughs> everyone accepts it. 
Bro. In Pokemon, even... everyone accepts it because it just now became the do. norm. Now they... It was funny when it wasn't the norm and Sauce and I, because obviously we had experience with, and we said this a couple of times on the podcast about their their community and it was no shot to them, but we laughed because we saw it in basketball and football, like Sauce is saying, but we've built up thick skin to it, yeah? Because people in NBA groups used to be like, oh, I'm not paying for that much. You can go get this here for this much. And used to just shut down people selling shit. Literally used to cost them a sale because they used to put stuff like that and comment on things. But then, as Saul said, the reverse effect happens. Everyone then looks at that comment on where to go get that product for this price and they just buy it all. And then it runs up all the pricing. Like I've seen some boxes in there for literally $600 source, a booster box. And people were like, oh, what a rip. That's not worth 600 It was $200 a month ago. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, because <laughs> they all go off TCG player. That's where they go, yeah? But that doesn't update. Instead of eBay. Enough. What are you talking about? TCG players, the comps are more expensive sometimes than eBay by miles. This is the problem. And this is what I keep saying, like, saying to, to, to people. People want to continually pay you know, that $200 for that box and they they happy to pull a freaking $500 US card out of the box. That's not how yeah. this works. If there's a 500, if there's someone's willing to pay 500 USD for one single card you can potentially pull out of that box, that box is no longer worth $200 anymore, right? That box is worth $350, $400, right? Because the potential... guaranteed... If you're guaranteed to get that card, it's worth more than the card. That's right. And, you know, we've seen this again. We've seen this over and over again. And even with starter decks, you know, the Japanese starter deck, that uh, Pokemon starter deck that had the Charizard in it. If you were on it early enough, you could have been buying them delivered from Japan for 25 to 30 Australian dollars a box. Go on eBay today. Those same boxes are $100. And you can't find them cheaper. No. Everyone jumped on it. Everyone's doing it. And it was funny enough, as we were saying, before it had the run-up in Pokemon, we listed stuff. Everyone went in the comments. Everyone abused us. How about when we I when I rude. posted those three Pokeballs that I that I got? These. These ones, Doma. And I got abused severely. You got abused. So anyone watching, there's three Pokeballs. Uh, at least it's sealed. I've got two left. Right? I bought seven of them. I opened one. I think I sold three. Or, or whatever, and I traded. So the price of them were, the price of them were forty two dollars, I think, for the three. And I think, what were you trying to sell them at a hundred bucks? No, I was trying to. I think I was selling it for like eighty dollars shipped, right? And 80, uh, the shipping yeah. on that because it's a bigger box, everything was like fifteen bucks to ship. So I was only making yeah, like so I was only making like twenty five bucks on it, right? Yeah, not even that much. But. When you break it down with the packs that were in there, and there's three Evolutions packs in there, and anyone who's not up to date with uh, Evolutions at the moment, uh, it's currently going for $1,000 a box, right? So $1,000, divide that by, uh, there's 36 packs in a booster box, that's $27 a pack, right? So just for those 27 times three, that's $81. So you're pretty much getting, like, I mean, you're pretty much getting the other packs in there for free, Right? And you're only paying for the evolutions packs, which there's three of them in there. And people were having a go at me, right? 
and it was pretty funny. Like I was just, I just laughed. And at the time, at the time, yeah. the Evolutions packs were actually only about twenty dollars a pack. So they've gone yeah. up since then. Um, but people were having a go at me, and uh, look, I, I just laughed at them. Like I was like, all right, so, no worries, that's fine. Yeah. Because if you I open them all and take out the packs and sell them single, people will buy them. But people don't want to buy the whole sealed thing, like untampered with, for you know, a little bit above what I paid for it. I make $20, $25. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Like, if the box goes up, the packs goes up, other things go up. If cards go up in there and people are willing to pay more for the card, the wax goes up. And people in the Dragon Ball market don't seem to be have that realization yet. But soon it will come around. In six months from now, 12 months from now, that will be the all. And you have to, that, that's it. That's the way it's going to work, whether you like it or not. Because it happened, It happened as we said, it happened with all these other uh, uh, sports and then Pokemon. It's going to happen with this. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just not going to be the same. It's, it's just not. Like, it, it just doesn't work like that. When there's cards in there that are worth so much money, it just doesn't work like that. People and see, with- people go, hey, there's a potential to get that card. And then over time, because that card's rare, that card might even go up even more in value. And because all the stock's been cleared out, you've got to pay the, re- yeah. the, the secondary market and, price. And, and the worst thing about it is, it's a starter deck. Yeah? You know you're guaranteed to get that card. So if that card's worth X amount of dollars, and you're guaranteed to get it, why do you reckon the starter decks are going to be worth that much money? Someone's going to buy it for 15 and sell it to you for 20, but they know inside that they've bought a product that's got a card that's worth 50 Australian dollars. Because then you'll buy it for 20 and you'll get all the other hollows in there, which you can sell them for five, 10 bucks a pop and you can make a hundred dollars on it. And the person's like, I'm only making $5. Like you got to think about that. That's where people like, the flipping thing that are new to this experience, they don't get it yet. But as Saul said, they will they'll have to conform. Pokemon's done it, they've conformed, they're not complaining anymore. They're doing all they're all doing the same thing. Now, let's get to Adam's question, Source. What happened? Oh nothing. I, I, fa- I, I just found one of those uh Pokeball things. There's none in Australia. I can't find them in Australia. Um and there's one in America and there's someone selling it for fifty US, but like obviously by the time you send it over here with shipping and everything, it's going to cost you like over a hundred bucks. It's pretty, yeah. I'm just trying to see if there's any up for, yeah. up for sale in, in Australia, and uh, it doesn't now, seem to be so. Now, Adam in the comments says, You boys seeing a bit of a lull in the basketball card market at the moment? If so, the play should be buy now before the playoffs start. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that's everyone's thought. Uh, to buy before the playoffs and uh, potentially, you know, try flip it. Now, I would just be mindful. I already, uh, I mean, my my buying for this period was six to eight weeks ago. I was buying. That's when everyone was uh, vintage, 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 vintage was getting run up. Everyone's freaking out because they're they're fomoing over. You know, missing out on that Kobe rookie, missing out on that Jordan card, missing out on that Shaq rookie. I'm like selling that stuff, selling my Kobe, selling my Shacks, selling what else? I sold the Jordan, 
and buying the the guys that are going to be in the playoffs, right? So I bought a couple of low-end slabs, bought like RJ Barrett, bought like Cam Reddish, just, you know, to see if he comes back and Atlanta gets playing again. Um, what else did I buy? I uh, bought like just just other just other players like I bought um <coughs> I'm trying to think Tyler Hero um you know fringe guys right that I thought their price had dropped a lot using obviously card ladders tools seeing where their price were was and where it dropped to buying them uh and then you know looking to flip them lead up to the playoffs or in the playoffs now everyone's got that thought now you sort of got to be while the old saying goes, when everyone's looking right, you got to go. You got to look left, right? And that's what I did when everyone was looking at vintage. I was looking at the modern guys, and I spoke about this on a previous podcast. You know, probably now's a good time to buy some of these modern guys, and it was. Um, and and still, some of them are still down, right? So I mean, like Giannis really hasn't moved. Um, and you know, if he, he goes off in the playoffs, it's his prices are probably going to go up. Kawhi's another one really hasn't moved that much, but. You know, you could have been getting these guys even cheaper than what you're paying now, you know, if you were looking, you know, six to eight weeks ago. Um, but I think that's every, everyone's move. I think we will see an uptick uh, because it always happens. There always is a bit of an uptick in the market leading up to the playoffs and, you know, into the playoffs. Um, I think if you've got guys that are playing in the playoffs and you're obviously not emotionally attached to the card, or you're just wanting to move the card to potentially, you know, move up onto a bigger card, um, that would be a good time to to target your exit point with those cards. Um, you know, it's 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 a crucial thing to to understand that. And you know, people talk about it. If you're if you're buying a card to flip it, or you're buying a card for your PC, um, you know, what's your exit plan on that card? Um, and it's something that I don't think enough people think about. Uh, you know, I'm buying this card. Why are you buying that card? Well, I bought it because it's a steal. Okay, you got it for a steal, but what's your plan on selling that card? You know, is it a like you know? It's like when I was buying cheap PSA nine slabs and seeing them to Star Stock, which is one of my plays where I've got now six or seven slabs in there now, um, and flipping them. And I, I was already able to successfully flip one. I bought like a PSA 10 Daniel Gafford, PSA 10 Prism Silver. And I listed for 80 and I probably jibbed myself because the comps on it were at 110. But I made a quick 50 bucks. Like I couldn't I couldn't complain. I bought it from eBay for 30 bucks. Sent it directly to Starstock. Did jack shit. Got them to write on an F, FP on the package. They checked it in within one week into Starstock. I listed it up for 80. Uh, he had one good game where he scored like 15 or 20 points and went like six or seven from the field or says like you know seven of nine or some shit like that and someone bought the card straight away so and that was all within the space of two weeks right so you know understanding having a plan of how you want to buy and flip these cards is important um because you, you know it's it's it sucks to get stuck with cards if they're not really part of your collection um yeah so look my plan is to try exit out of some of these guys who are fringe players and not the main guys. Um, exit some of out of... <coughs> pardon me. Exit out of some of these guys, uh, you know, leading up to the playoffs and even, you know, early rounds of the playoffs. Don't don't wait too long. Uh, if you made your profit on it, move on from the card and, you know, get funds ready to potentially... 
what we always see is, obviously, after teams get knocked out, card prices flunk, certain guys flunk. So, you know, building up that bank and getting ready to buy a guy or buy a card um, that could potentially go on a downtrend. And you can pick it up near the bottom. So, that would be what I would be trying to do. Um, would be accumulate now, and get ready to buy that one card that you've been eyeing off. Now, Adam's asked another question, Sauce, and he said, will Claxton get minutes in the playoffs? His rookies are super affordable, and surely they win the ring. Well, if you, if you, if, Adam, if you listen to this podcast, you will you will see that that the Brooklyn Nets are not going to win the championship, and winning the championship for someone like Nick Claxton will do absolutely jack shit to his cards. I'm telling you right now, this is truth, right? If you buy Claxton cards and hold on to them in hope that Nets are going to win the championship, that is a very very bad investment play, in my opinion, um, because even if they do win the championship. I mean, if LeBron James' cards after he won the championship last year didn't go up, what the hell makes you think that Nick Claxton will? Let me say that name again. Nick's Cl- Nick Claxton. Who the hell is Nick Claxton? He might he might go up those source if they make playoffs and he plays and he dominates a couple yeah, games. Like well, that's really that's right. But yeah, if your plan but... is to hold on to it for them to win and then sell it, that's not a good plan. Now, it's, if your plan is to hold yeah. on to it, like I say, the early rounds and that sort of time where I think Nets get through the first round, second round, you know, and, and lead up and then sell it, yeah, that's that's probably a good plan. Um, but once again, I'm not buying Nick Claxton. Um, there's probably other guys that, are, that I've gravitated towards to a bit more like RJ Barrett um, and Hero um, is another one. So... Um, but yeah, they, they, these are the sort of guys, fringe guys that have potential to have a bit of a breakout and you, there's a bit of an uptick on their card and then you take that uh, opportunity to, to move off their card. Um, you know, I know people that bought a bunch of Nick's Claxtons at a dollar, two dollars, like prison base rookies. No one was buying them. You know, I had the opportunity to buy as many Nick Claxtons as I want for a dollar. I didn't, right? It's just you know, unfortunate, but... You know, there'd be a whole bunch of people ready who are stacked with Nick Claxton ready to offload him, waiting for this moment too. So it's not a bad, it's not a bad play. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at those fringe guys that are affordable, so anyone can get in at that level, and then you know wait for them to have a little bit of an impact in the first or second round. Their card increases, sell it straight away. Or, you know, buy a guy on a team like I'm buying like Miami. I expect Miami to get through the first round. Then if Tyler Harris prices go up after that, see you later. I'm selling you. Sorry, Tyler, yeah. like I like you, but let's be honest, I'd rather sell your cards, get ready, and accumulate and buy that one uh, good card. Very nice. All right, Sauce. Uh, we might as well drop this now because this podcast is coming out probably tonight. So... The new bot for Prism. Now, <laughs> I know we talk about bots a bit and people laugh at us and this and that. And it's just like, now everyone's onto it and going, oh, bots, you know, it's actually a thing. We're playing against a computer now and we have to buy product. Anyway, Source, as he keeps telling us, he's, and he's been <laughs> correct because he's getting first-hand knowledge from these people that create the bot. Just explain what's happening. Prism's dropping tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Or next week? No, Prism's dropping tomorrow on Zing and EB Games. 
10 a.m. our local time. Um, pre-orders and bad news for all the uh, collectors out there and, and people who are hoping to get a box. You may you may you may get lucky and get one or two. Oh, who knows? None or none. But uh, yeah. Look, I'll be warning. The bots are coming. The bots are coming. And I said they were, you know, Don Rust. It worked. Um, uh, NBA hoops. A treat. NBA. Yeah, Don Rust. It worked a treat. So that was like the test run. NBA hoops was like the uh, the uh, you know, the warm up. Uh, where they had a bit of teething issues. They fixed that. They got it ready for Don Russ. Don Russ, it worked a treat. They've even optimized it even more. So that, as I was saying, they were just wanting to get this bot ready for Prism Drop, and it is confirmed. The bot is 100% good. Um, It checks out in five seconds. So you have to be faster than five seconds to check out for you to get a box. Just think about that. Yeah, you have to check out manually within five seconds for you to have a chance to get a bot, uh, box of, of product. Now, That's ridiculous. albeit like all the bots won't be able to take everything and there will be a few people that get through, the amount of people that get through manually this time compared to, say, NBA Hoops, Blaster Boxes, when they released, will be minuscule, minuscule. There will probably only be 5% of people Ten percent of people who are doing it manually that are able to get some, because there is always some that that slips through, but ninety percent of the stock is going to get bought up by bots and people who possess bots, unfortunately. And anyone who doesn't know how the bot works, it checks out in five seconds. But the thing is, it can run up to a hundred tasks at once. At once. So. It's a thousand boxes. Kind of do like 10 boxes at a time. Yeah. So 10 boxes at a time. a thousand boxes. So potentially it can. Every five seconds. Yeah. So it can do a hundred <laughs> checkouts in five seconds. Just think so about that. a thousand that. boxes every five seconds. Yeah. That's a hundred thousand. So by the time you've done boxes. 10 boxes in 10, in, in 10 seconds, it probably, if you're quick, you could probably do it in 10, 15 seconds. That 15 seconds, the bot's already taken 3,000 boxes. Get the hell out of it. Uh, look, just... <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, but that's that's the reality, Doma. That is the reality. So... Can <laughs> you imagine that? The guy jumps on 30 seconds in going, Oh, yeah? I'll cop myself a thing. And he shuts down on the 31st second. There's no product left. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. All right, Sauce. Thanks for the update, mate. Now, let's finish off the show. Nice and strong. You've got a lovely card this week, by the way. Um, Saucy Smokey, what have you got? Saucy Smokey is a uh, going to be a good one this week. Let me just get the card up, first of all. Very nice card. You sent this to me during the week. Um very, very, uh, I don't know. I reckon this is a very good play. Very good play for a Smokey. So, Legend of the Game. While you're getting it up, we'll just give him a bit of a rundown, you know. Legend of the Game. 
one of the most iconic moves in the game, if not the most iconic. Uh, play for one of the, well, arguably the biggest franchise in the NBA. Uh, he's won five rings. I think so. Five rings? Yeah, five rings. Played with uh, some great players as well. Legends of the game. He won one of his rings at a different club. Bit of trivia here. See if anyone can get it. If Adam's there, can he get it? Uh, you got the mini overlay up. <laughs> I do have the mini overlay. It's, I don't have it up yet, but I, I was just I was I was actually fact checking your five championships. He's actually won six, mate. So oh, that's that's what I was doing prior. But yeah, I do have the mini. I'll bring it up for no, you, I'll ladies and gents. Up, anyone anyone who's watching, that's the card. It's nineteen eighty one tops. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, super action. Super action. Now, why do I like that card, Doma? There's one reason, one reason only. Skyhook. Skyhook. That's an iconic card, if I've ever seen one. Everyone knows the Kareem Skyhook. Everyone talks about how unstoppable the Skyhook was, right? That card there just screams iconic to me. Screams iconic. It's a nice card, man. So, look, prices vary. Depends on what you want to do. I always say this. I'm going to buy this card because it's iconic. It's the reason why I bought the 1990 Fleer Michael Jordan card where he's doing the dunk where there's shitloads of them. But I bought it because it's iconic. Now, I wasn't wrong last time because it went up a hell of a lot. And that card is now significantly a lot more than when I was telling people to buy it. And it's the same reason I buy this card. This is what I try to say to people. You don't always just buy a card or a rookie, 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 or whatever. You buy a card because it's iconic. And this card is as iconic as they come. Now, that's this set is familiar. 1981 top set is familiar, obviously, because it's the first solo card of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson um, in the set. So it's like their rookie, solo, first solo rookie card, if you get as well as in the same set. But I think this card's really cool. There's another card from the set uh, where he's just got his hands on his hips. I don't like that one as much. It's very boring. This is a cool action shot. Um, the action shot, mate. Yes, yeah, sky super hook. action, mate. It's the number one action shot you can get, the sky hook. So that's the card. Raw, raw prices are 15 to 25 USD. Pick up, I've seen PSA 7s go for about 40 to 50 USD, PSA 8's around the 80 to 120 mark, PSA 9's 200, PSA, I think a PSA 10 finished on auction for about five 600. So, I, I don't quote me on that, but I did watch one the other day, finished on PWCC, it was around that mark, um, I believe. So, look, once again, buy what you can afford. I'll be looking to probably pick up a uh, PSA 8 or something along those lines, BGS 8, um, if I can find one, um, I mean, even an SGC, I don't really care. Um, but yeah, I'd rather just get a graded one because, as you can see, this is a raw one, and you know, there's raw ones out there. But most likely, the raw you're buying, you got to remember, this card is what dollar? Freaking forty years old, nearly. Forty years, forty years old, mate. Right. So the chances that that card's going to be, you know, in a PSA eight quality is very. It's 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 going to be high that it's going to be in PSA and eight and less. So the you know to find one that's going to grade a nine and above, especially with uh, P 
PSA's new grading standards, supposedly that they've, uh, you know, bestowed upon the collector, um, it's uh, going to be a tough, tough go. So I'll be looking. As I said, I always I rather just buy the graded card. I I cannot be stuffed with grading. It's becoming less. It's becoming less and less of a thing for me. You know, grading cards. You know, it's just it's painfully time consuming. Painfully. Uh, you're stuck on uh, holding a bag and not for anything. This was probably a card that I'm probably just going to um, buy and, and, and sit on because it's an iconic card. He's a Lakers uh, man uh, and I'm a Lakers fan. So to me, it's just uh, one that I like. I like it. Very nice. Good card source. Uh, iconic player as well. So a good one to buy. Ah, uh, that's pretty much it, mate. Wraps it up. Uh, we've got a bit of news. Do we want to announce it or we're not 100% sure? It should be going ahead. So we can announce it. Hopefully. It is going ahead. We'll see. So, no, we might just wait. We'll wait. We'll wait till it's confirmed once 100%. It's 100%. We'll let, let the people know. The Definitely. fans. Thanks to everyone once again also uh, in the chats. Oh, I'm chasing a scoring kings in PSA slab any grade. Hit me up in Insta if you have one or know there anyone. You go. Adam. Adam wants Definitely. if anyone's got a scoring kings, Jordan, he's looking to buy one. Oh, one note on that, Adam, I would definitely join the uh uh there's a Jordan uh only Facebook page. It's Australia one. I'm not sure if you're in Australia or not. I don't really I don't know. Maybe. Um but there is a a, a Jordan you know, cause it's only Jordan cards in there. So if you put a uh, little want to buy post in there, you should find someone who may be selling one, and uh, you can pick yourself up a uh, wonderful, wonderful card. Beautiful. All right, Sauce. Thanks again to everyone that did join us in the chat, sending through your questions. We really appreciate Love it. it. Love Thank it. you for to everyone else. Make sure in the chat if you feel free to share it to anyone uh, that you think may be interested or to someone who thinks that someone else may be interested to pass our podcast on. Uh, So thank you once again. Keep living, loving, and breathing all sports. Double coverage. I'm Dom with the Great Man Source, and peace out. Peace out, ladies and gents. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to leave a review on the Apple Podcasting app. Also, follow us on socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Talking all sports. Double coverage.